Hello and happy new year. Uh, happy album new year. Nerds. Wow. Mickey Mouse here. <laughs> this is the Album Nerds podcast. I'm Dude. That's Andy, the one that sounds like Mickey Mouse. Hello. Actually, like Mr. Bill. Um, <laughs> so, welcome to 2017. We uh, are finishing our top 10 album countdown, our favorite 10 albums. So, each of us, our own personal top 10, and we're going to do the top five right now. Uh, for those of you that, that don't know us too much, please go to albumnerds.com. That's our website. You can see the playlist for all these songs we're talking about. Hopefully you'll enjoy the albums from these artists as well. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you're listening to, what your favorite albums are from last year. And uh, why don't we just briefly talk, for those who didn't listen to the last show or forgot how we came up with this list. Yeah, so what we did was kind of sorted through all of our recent listenings and albums that we'd kind of bookmarked for the year went through all those, put them in order, and tried to cut them down to uh, a top 10 here, which is not always easy to do, especially when records are coming out in December and later in the year that are worthy of our uh, attention. So this is our best shot at it. We uh, we actually went through each record and kind of picked out our favorite songs, kind of a, a good place to jump off if you're not familiar with the record. So shall we continue the list? Why don't we? All right. the list. Number five. Number five. I'm not going first. Uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. All right. So, by the way, for those of you that were listening last time, I'm still a little sick. That's partially because this is pre-recorded through the magic of the interweb. <laughs> Moving on. <clears throat> Number five. Blackberry Smoke, Like an Arrow. Yet another slightly country, slightly southern rock band for me this year. Been a lot of those that I've enjoyed. Um, they're kind of carrying the torch for bands like the Allman Brothers, Leonard Skinnerd, And there's a nod to the Black Crows in there. There's definitely a little bit of that bluesy, uh, almost sometimes Rolling Stonesy sort of vibe. Uh, but some of it is almost straight country. Um, this album kicks off with a southern rock swagger and kind of weaves its way through country rock and with some thoughtful sort of uh, acoustic-y ballads that feel kind of like Leonard Skinner's songs. Um, solid songwriting. These guys have been around pretty long time. Uh, their live album, was it Like a Scar or Leave a Scar? That's awesome. Um, this is my favorite of their studio albums that I've listened to. There's some fun rockers. There's Toe Tap and Country. It just is a fun listen from start to finish. It's a great driving album. Uh, Greg Allman is actually on the album. He's in the, the album Closer called Free on the Wing, which is a really cool song. It feels like it's from the 70s. Uh, but my favorite song right now is The Good Life, which is a slower sort of acoustic. It's kind of a story about, you know, growing up with the with a dad and it's trying to teach you the ways of life and then you try and teach your kids and it's cool so that's my number five yeah I enjoyed a couple tracks on there too man as much as I'm not a country fan there was definitely some good moments on there my number five is actually your number four correct 
I believe so. Let's, uh, all right, you both can comment on this one. It's the, uh, the new Michael Kiwanuka record, Love and Hate. Man, I can't say enough good things about this record. I loved it the second I heard it, and I love it today just as much. Um, Michael Kiwanuka is a, what I would, like a soul singer, essentially, right? Um, oh yes, he's uh he plays guitar too, which makes it kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, but a really soulful, bluesy voice. Um, most of his songs are relatively sad, but they have a real kind of authenticity to them that doesn't make him cheesy by any means. This this sounds like real authentic kind of organic music that's really gripping stuff. Um. And he's British. And he's British. Yeah, he doesn't really, you know, he's one of those guys he sings. He doesn't really sound British, but, um, yeah, when he talks, if you hear him interviewed, he does, he is definitely British. Um, yeah, I just, I love this. The whole record is solid. I, it's kind of a nice, a nice progression from his debut record that came out a couple of years ago. Um, there's some, you know, a little bit longer tracks on here. The instrumentation's a little bit more adventurous. Um, you could feel like this this kind of record. I bought it on vinyl as soon, like a week after it came out. It's just, it's amazing. It's a really great record. Um, what's your yeah. What's your favorite track? <coughs> well, it, you know, one of the things I was going to say is it feels like it was yeah. made in the 1970s. Um, my favorite yeah. track is Love and Hate. Yeah, I mean, this is just genuine soul music. Um, from an actual musician songwriter, not just someone singing other people's songs. Right. Feels like you're getting to know him when you're listening to it. It feels like you're getting to know someone and, and I really appreciate that about this album and artist. Yeah, it's a very personal and in a in a good way. It doesn't feel creepy. It just feels like he's really no, just <laughs> bearing his soul to you. No. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very solid and there's not a lot of soul music out there that I like that's current, I you know, and that this has shades of Marvin Gaye and yeah, and all that is is definitely helpful. Yeah, um, I love the last track, uh, the final frame. But really, you can't go wrong with anything on here. It's a good one. Yeah. So what's your number? So that was your number five. That was my number four. So what's your number four? Uh, my number four is this Nick Cave record, Skeleton Tree. Um, I was initially a little intimidated by this record. It's um, it's not super easy to get into. It's very sad. Um, if if you haven't didn't hear the news, Nick's um young son was killed earlier this year. Um, so he's obviously kind of going through a lot, grieving with that loss, and he deals with it a lot on this record. Um, but he's he really shines. He's some of his best songwriting on on this record. It's it's a very simple record musically. There's not a lot of instrumentation. Uh, it's just kind of enough to set a mood. And he writes some very beautiful lyrics and delivers them just in a very gripping, uh, emotive way. Um, you know, like I said, when I first started listening to it, it seemed like all these songs sounded the same, but as you kind of dig deeper into it and kind of let these songs kind of wrap around you, there's a lot of, there's some melody to it and, you know, some patterns musically that kind of help these songs stand up on their own. Uh, my favorite track is uh, 
girl in amber but there's really not a bad song on here and I would highly recommend it for anyone who just likes modern music it's a it's a really gripping record and I think it, it will stand the test of time uh, very well in terms of uh, Nick's catalog oh Nick yeah Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds have been around a long time yeah, yeah. He's got a lot of good music out, but man, this one is... It's got to be up there for me. So, should I move on to the top three? Let's do it! So excited! Woo! All right. My After- number three album of 2016 is... Brent Cobb! Shine on Rainy Day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is produced by Dave Cobb. That's three albums on on my list that were produced by the same guy. Wait, are they related to each other? They are cousins, yes. Uh, No kidding. Uh, Apparently they worked together before years ago on a debut album, and I didn't really, I didn't listen to it, but I guess it didn't turn out really well, and and, uh, Brent Cobb has been a songwriter in Nashville or whatever for years and so he's written songs for a lot of other artists um this only this is a 10 song album it's kind of a storytelling small town vibe it's got an Americana 80s John Cougar Mellencamp kind of thing to it as well even though it does have a southern twang and you can hear his his accent I believe he's from Georgia um there's a lot of storytelling it's definitely country boy through and through, um, but it's sort of folky. It's not if you don't like country music, the, you might still like this, okay? Because um, it's simple. It's not super twangy. Yeah, um, honestly, I I've been listening to it just willingly on my own a little bit <laughs> recently. Yeah. I, I've really come to like it. The storytelling is great, like you were saying. Um, yeah. Anybody I've passed this along to has has been like texting me back and forth. Oh, I'm on this track now. Wow, this is great. So I really think this guy's got something here. I hope to see this do a Stapleton sort of thing in terms of some recognition and awards because I think it's really awesome and it's a fun listen. Sounds like country folk. Uh, I guess it would fall into the outlaw country category. <laughs> uh, but right now it's on a constant loop. I listen to it a lot uh, for the last I what I probably started listening to it two three weeks ago it was recorded only in a few days I believe my favorite track right now is the title track Shine On Rainy Day really good I mean you know it's a slower tune but I, I really like the imagery in it and some of the lines in it about you know when the you know just the people start to pray when the sunshine turns gray you know that mm. when start mm-hmm. things start going wrong, then all of a sudden, all these you know you look at the world differently. So sure. that was a really good song, good album. Yeah, agreed. And he's uh, got long hair and a beard. Long hair and a beard. Long hair and a beard. That's what I like. <laughs> Artists. If I, uh, we've talked about this before, but if there's a, if I see an album cover and I'm not sure about listening to something, if the band members have beards and long hair, or and then I will at least give it a shot because that tells me that they they might they might be of the the genre that I enjoy. I don't know <laughs> if they've got like frosted tips 
Or if it's a country singer with a baseball cap, I'm like, I don't know about this. <laughs> oh, that 90s um, grunge just dies pretty hard, doesn't it, man? It's not just that. <laughs> I mean, the 70s dudes all had long hair and beards. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And the all 80s, right. their hair just had hairspray in it. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to talk about a guy with a clean-shaven face and white hair. Uh, Mr. Leonard Cohen is coming at my number three record. Uh, you want it darker? Um, so this this record, it fits very nicely into his catalog. Um, unfortunately, he passed away earlier this year. It's been a tough year for musicians in terms of uh, people passing away. But this record, as... Definitely one of my favorites in the later part of his career. Uh, it's very, very sparse and dark. Um, there's not a whole lot of, of music going on. <laughs> uh, just a little bit of percussion and some kind of sparse piano throughout. Uh, the focus here is definitely Cohen's kind of gravelly, spoken word kind of drawl. Um, and his very like simple lyrics that really you know, cut to the heart of the matter, you know, what he's talking about, which is, for the most part, um, death. You kind of get the sense he he knew he was kind of getting close to the end, and he's kind of looking back on his life and talking about some regrets and some things maybe he would have changed and, you know, talking about getting ready to to move on and kind of what's next for him. Um, It's a stunning record. I mean, especially when you put it in that context... I think it's very impressive. Um, and my favorite track is, is I think it's the third track on the level. Every track on here, though, is good. I think it's only nine tracks. It's a relatively short record. Um, but as soon as you put it on, you'll, you'll get the feel for it. And, um, man, I would, I would highly recommend it, obviously. Um, so Leonard Cohen, You Want It Darker. Thank you, Andy. My pleasure. Should we move on to numero dos? Let us do... What was that? I don't know any French. That's, that's Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't know, I don't know French I, either. So I took like a thousand years of Spanish in high school and college, but I couldn't. I can barely speak a word of it. <laughs> All right. Moving on, number two for 2016. For me, Quaker City Nighthawks, El Astronauta. That's some Spanish uh, for you. Way to interrupt. Uh, <laughs> debut album. That's my thing. I interrupt. You just stay yeah. quiet, bro. <laughs> uh, so this was their debut album on Lightning Rod Records. I don't. I couldn't. I don't know if it's their debut album, debut album. It's hard to say these days with people self-producing stuff. Bluesy space rock with a ZZ Top flair, but there's some Pink Floyd in there too. Um, it feels old and new at the same time. It's There's this kind of spacey theme throughout the album. It feels kind of psychedelic, but it's really more... It's like a gritty blues rock also. Um... My favorite track right now is Medicine Man, but I mean it, this one is hard for me to describe. It's kind of like there's like apocalyptic sci-fi themes running throughout the record. 
and then there's sort of this edge to it where it's almost like Blue Oyster Cult or something where mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's these parallels between the space references but also to like life in southern Texas and you know it, so it's but the music itself is awesome just to listen to even if you don't listen to a word I have this one on vinyl and now I finally have the lyrics in front of me so I can really start to dig in a little deeper um but I love this album. It's just a great listen. It's a great rock album. These guys are gritty and bluesy, and they sound southern, but they don't sound country. And uh, it's just cool. It's just gritty and dirty, and it's it's a good listen. Yeah, this one was just outside of my top ten. I really I love it too. I love the sound on this record. As we know, we talked about this kind of spacey southern rock sound. Ah, it's good. It's good stuff. It's a good one. Good choice. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> My number two is from a tribe called Quest. We got it from here. Thank you for your service. This record, I was pretty nervous about when I heard they were kind of coming back after I think it was like 19 years since their last record. Loved them in the you know, the little 90s there, out there when they were in their heyday. And sometimes these kind of um, comeback records are not the best. So I was a little worried for their legacy, but they kicked some ass on this record. I would call it a triumphant return for um, kind of the kings of that uh, conscious uh, hip-hop that they they started in the, in the early 90s there. Um, it, it has some great kind of collaborations with some some legends in the industry, like people like Elton John, Buster Rhymes, Kendrick Lamar, all featured. And they really integrate the features nicely into the record. They don't sound like... I know we listened to that De La Soul record that came out earlier this year, and like it sounded like a lot of these contributing artists just kind of took over that record, but that's not the case at all here. They really kind of blend them in nicely, you know, Q-Tip um, handled a lot of the production on this record, and he did a great job. It really has that kind of, like, vinyl, kind of a little bit of a crackle to it throughout, and the samples are all a little bit rough, but it kind of kind of hints towards uh, how it was put together. Um, I really love the sound of it, and the lyrics are, are great. They talk about a lot of things that are happening in, in like, modern-day culture. Um, there's some political songs. Uh, my favorite particular song is uh, Kids, which is, you know, the, like, the refrain that is, like, kids, don't you know all this shit is fantasy? And it's just, you know, it's... They have great messages, as always. Very smart, and... Um, you know, shout out to uh, to Fife Dog who passed away as as they were recording this record earlier this year. Um, it's a hell of a way to go out in terms of, of his contributions to the record. Um, I think it's definitely hands down my favorite hip hop release of the year, and you know my number two record of the year. So it's it's pretty pretty high up there for me in general. Uh, yeah, so Tribe Called Quest, we got it from here. Thanks for your service. Yeah, you don't see a lot of social consciousness in mainstream hip-hop that I'm aware of. Uh, I guess moving forward in the future, it'll be social media consciousness and people will (laughs) (laughs) rap about not cyberbullying people or whatever. 
Um, right, but, right. But yeah, it did sound good. Um, they, yeah, I, I, it, when you briefly compared it to the De La Soul, um, kind of comeback album, I thought this was, this was stronger. Um, it felt more vibrant to me, but no, no yeah. disrespect to De La Soul, but this was, yeah, this was a good, a good album. Agreed. Well, I think it's about that time. We'll drum roll there. Yes. Uh, how about a? Why don't we rap about it instead? Rap, rap, oh. rapidly rap. We got the number one song, rapidly rap. What do you think? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. I I was better in middle school. Um. Okay. So my number one album for the year 2016. <laughs> It's pretty obvious. It's an obvious pick. It's an easy pick. It's kind of a wuss pick, but I'm going with Metallica Hardwired to self-destruct. Now, largely, I had to make this pick because, you know, you heard all my others. There's no metal in there. There's no hard rock in there, and I love hard rock and metal. It's just the stuff that is being made now. is For me, it's overproduced. The guitars sound canned. It's too much like retching and screaming and not enough growling. Like, but it's growling like gutter growls. I like Hetfield with that raspy sort of, you know, that nice delivery with lyrics that make some sense and that I can understand. So that's the old guy in me. I think they sound. This is their this is their tenth studio album. Depending on if you're one of those guys that doesn't want to count. Um, Saint Anger, <laughs> some of the stuff I was reading, they're calling it their ninth studio album. That's funny. Uh, this is metal because we need it. It captures the furiosity and anger of of Metallica, as well as a look back at their life and experience. You can, there's more wisdom here, although they still, you know, we're so fucked, shit out of luck, hardwired to self destruct. Doesn't sound like a fifty something year old man, but Damn it, he's allowed to feel that way, and and I like it. Um, there's there like I said, there's just not a lot of heavy stuff out there. Um, this doesn't have the same pacing or fury of the early '80s Metallica, but it feels genuine. It's they take pride in their work and their artistry. I think they still love making music, and it shows here. I think it's a, a strong through and through. It's long, but I listen to it so often that I don't. It doesn't even feel long to me anymore. It's a double album. Um, there's just a lot of good songs and all the way through I'm just banging my head I heard a interview <laughs> that Hetfield did on a podcast with Joe Rogan and in the midst so I was at the gym and I'm listening to the podcast and Joe Rogan's like oh this album's so great I listened to it when I was working out for the first time I listened to it and oh it's just awesome so I switched from the podcast to the album <laughs> and continued my workout <laughs> And it was a wise decision. Right now, my favorite track is the last one, Spit Out the Bone, which is probably the most speed metal-y thing they've done in decades. And it's awesome. Kicks the doors down. So that's my number one. I love that track, too, man. That's a, that's a good that's a good close to that record. Spit Out the Bone. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Don't joke. Cool. Yeah, uh, that's a good choice, man. That's a good choice. I don't think it's a pussy choice. Metallica is anything but pussy. Well, 
You know what I mean, though. It's it's so obvious because you know, I like Metallica so pretty much. If they put it on an album, I'm gonna like it unless it you know, unless it's uh like a boy band sounding thing. <laughs> I'm gonna like it. Uh, would you have put some other previous releases from the 2000s as your number one record of the year? I think I would have put. Like well, Death at the Magnetic, time I, would that be? Uh, I would have put one? Death Magnetic in my top ten for sure. Probably not number one back then. Um, I liked Saint Anger when it came out, but yeah. I was also oh, uh, at a job I hated with a girlfriend I hated. <laughs> well, I didn't hate, but I was just generally unhappy. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> underneath the surface of like living life and pretending to be happy, so. So that the, the I I connected with Saint Anger. So <laughs> that's fine. That's a good point. Kind of have to be in the right mood to listen to a metal record, and yeah. Well, my so number. What you one, got? What you got? What's your number one? What's your number one, son? It's also from a real, you know, a very famous artist. But this is a record that came out in the beginning of 2016, and I loved it then, and I love it just as much now. I don't know if that's ever happened where I've loved a record so consistently throughout the entire year and nothing's really kind of taken it off the pedestal. I'm talking about David Bowie's Black Star, kind of the ultimate swan song in terms of uh, releases late in your career. What a way to go out from David Bowie. This This record is just epic in every sense of the word. Um, it's very... It's very creative. Um, obviously, there's a lot of, of jazz elements to this that we didn't really get from a lot of previous Bowie releases, but I think it works so well with his vocal style and kind of lyrical approach. Um, the first like three tracks are probably my favorite three songs of the year. Um, they're just, every time I hear them, I just have to kind of stop what I'm doing and listen to it. When I've listened to this record, I, I can't even imagine well over 50 times, probably closer to 100 times since it came out. Um, like I said, the kind of the, the, the music, the musicianship is just absolutely fantastic. It adds a ton of record, kind of energy to the record. Um, you can kind of hear Bowie's, you know, his voice cracks a few times. He sounds like he's maybe strained a little bit. And, you know, at the time he he's going through, he has cancer, you know, he's he's close to his deathbed so he's really pouring himself into this record and you know the music kind of helps carry him along um man there's so much passion and, and urgency on this it, it's really something to behold and, and man i have to say i really respect how how he went out and you know he kept the, the illness illness very private and we didn't really have any idea he was even sick until the day he died you know the record came out like i think three days before and it's just amazing to to hang on the way he did and to put out such a great record. I mean, it's probably his best record in 20, 25 years. Um, so all the admiration and respect to David Bowie. and Man, what a great record. I'm so so glad we got to get this. We got to have this as fans, you know, before he passed. And I will treasure it for sure. So yeah, it is, great, one. It, it is great. Uh, it is great. It's worthy of number one on a lot of lists. It wasn't on mine because, in a 
my I just don't listen to it very often. I love it. I think it's when it first came out I thought it was beautiful. I agree it's his best in decades, but it just hasn't made it into my regular rotation. Um I think because it is so atmospheric mm-hmm. and in sort of need the right mind space for it, but it is an awesome album and uh I too am glad that we were left with something like that as a as a goodbye. So all right, uh so that's it. We got through it in a pretty reasonable amount of time. Very nice, very nice. So uh yeah, I well you know, before we before we close things up, I guess we should thank once again on these cold winter days. Sometimes coffee just don't cut it and hot cocoa for the kids. <laughs> or if you want a nice cup of tea. You know, you can get loose leaf real tea with instructions and all this stuff from our friends at Maker's Tea. If you don't know what you're doing, if you just use tea bags, you got to go fancy. You got to go pro. Uh, and this episode has been powered by the great tea over at makerstea.com. Just go to makerstea.com, use the coupon code Album Nerds. It's two words. Get 20% off your next order. Maker's Tea, making great tea easy at makerstea.com. Yeah. Tea time, fools. <laughs> I like that. Go pro with so, Maker's Tea. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta listen to us. You gotta pass this on to your friends. Listen to the podcast. Uh, go to our website. Look at the playlist um, we're putting together of these songs and check out the albums. Uh, let us know what your favorites are, please. We'd love to. We always love to listen to new new stuff. So point us in the right direction. And uh, please leave some comments. Let us know what you think. Please. We love you. We (laughs) we just want to be sure that you love us. Uh, Where can they listen to the podcast, Andrew? (laughs) Oh, they can listen to it on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher Radio. We're also on the Twitters and the Symbols. Look us up at Album Nerds. One word. Um, Yeah. Album nerd. Yeah, that's right. You can see a was, cool cartoon drawing. <laughs> her faces, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually what we look like, believe it or not. Yeah, I was just going to make a, make a quick uh, aside here, man. It was, it's been fun doing the, the show with you this year, man, trying to figure out what the hell the show actually is. And, you know, counting back through these songs, it's been kind of fun looking at some songs we've been talking, or tr- albums we've been talking about throughout the year. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been good. It's been fun. Looking thanks. forward to 2017 and uh, whatever the fuck that brings. Yeah, thanks, man. My heart just grew a couple sizes. Um, <laughs> from here. Uh, what this is, th- so yeah, everyone out there, this is just two guys that have been friends for a long time. We love talking about music, and it was we weren't really doing we weren't doing a good job of that because uh, we live far away from each other. So this is a great way to do it. I've been listening to a lot of albums this year because of doing this show. Um, exposed to a lot more things, I probably wouldn't have found half of this stuff if it hadn't been for researching and looking for new things to talk about. So uh, thank you to you as well. And uh, let's not start crying or hugging or any of that stuff. So thanks to everyone out there listening. 
hope uh, everyone had a fun new year and we're going to have a great 2017 and uh, we'll be back with some more music as the year goes on. So peace out. Have a wonderful day, night, morning, whatever. Love you too. Bye-bye. And not you. I'm talking to the audience. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>